Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing the Thai Beale drama series, Vice Versa, that came out in 2022. So, as some of you know from the previous podcasts, last year I did a series of reviews on this series. That sounds kind of weird, but anyway, it is grammatically correct to start too many series. <laughs> but for New Year's this year, I was like, I was getting ready, winding down the day from tutoring and all that. And I was like, I'm going to watch Vice Versa because I remember I really liked that last year. And I have not really sat down and watched. I have a whole playlist of music MVs from it. But I'm like, I haven't sat down and watched that series since literally a year ago. And I'm like, I'm kind of curious to see if I'm going to like it as much now as I did a year ago. Because sometimes when I step back from a series and give it perspective, I don't end up liking it as much as I did before. And sometimes I come to it and I go, I like this even more than I did before. So it's one of those things, it's kind of a 50-50 chance. But with Vice Versa, I started watching it last night to ring in the new year. And then today I watched a few because I was waiting for, I had to have some repairs done to my, my rental. So I was waiting for the repair person to come today. So I couldn't do any tutoring or any of that because I'm like, I don't want to be tutoring and have the repair person come and have that whole But anyway, the repair person fell ill, so couldn't come today. So I ended up watching quite a bit of Vice Versa. This morning it was like, I had pizza and watch Vice Versa. It was a good morning with coffee. I'm like, yeah, great way to ring in the new year. But anyway, so I'm at, I think it's episode six or seven now today, because I binge watched last night, I binge watched this morning. I'm going to maybe watch a little bit more tonight, and I'm also going to maybe watch To My Star, because I was just thinking about that, because they're not connected, but they are in some ways similar, and I will explain why as this podcast progresses. But anyway, so Vice Versa came out a year or two after the Bad Buddy series. Now, I think this is kind of interesting for those of you who are into Thai BL drama because Bad Buddy had the two main characters of Om and, oh, I cannot think of the other actor's name right now. Nanon. On and Nanon were the two main actors from that series. Well, they decided to make Vice Versa, which is not a spin-off from Bad Buddy by any stretch. However, they did put Om and Nanon in it, and they also put the two female actresses of um, Om's sister in the series, and then her girlfriend in the series, which I thought was kind of a nice touch for those of us who really liked Bad Buddy to see those actors and actresses again in Vice Versa. But the other thing about Vice Versa that I really enjoy is some people would watch Vice Versa and go, it's hokey, it's corny, it doesn't make a lot of sense because of the universe traveling thing. But in the same way, we just recently had Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I finally watched this year at Christmas. And I was like, you know, that movie too, in a way, if people are watching it, they will sit there and go, this movie is weird. It doesn't make sense. It's just kind of strange with these universe things. But 
there are parts of both vice versa and everything everywhere all at once that in the middle of the what most people think of as ridiculous there are these nuggets that you're sitting there and going my goodness that gives you something to think about and I think one of the reasons that I really like vice versa in many ways I think that one and Bad Buddy are two of my favorite that have come out in the last two to three years. It's not that I don't like the other Thai BL dramas that have come out recently, although I will say I'm not seeing others that are of the same caliber as Bad Buddy or vice versa, because with Bad Buddy or with vice versa, you do have an entertaining storyline. You do have a lot of comedy, but at the heart of it, there are things that make you stop and go, hmm, about life lessons, about how people deal with conflict, about how people approach love or don't approach love, as the case may be. And I think one of the things that I really enjoy about Vice Versa and Bad Buddy both, and one of the reasons I think it's interesting that they put those two together, is personally, I like the fact that we have characters who are not really actively looking for love. They're just living their lives. They're having their ups and downs. They have their own drama or lack of drama as the case may be. And in the midst of all that, fate, destiny, a horse as they say entangled, coincides to make this interesting story happen that does lead them to find their person in the world. The other thing that I really like about Bad Buddy and that I really like about Vice Versa is we don't really have a lot of the undercurrent discussion about they're gay or they're straight or they're bi or they're whatever or they're demisexual. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, we just don't have that convo because it's just not really that important to the story. I think the only thing in Vice Versa that comes up is there's a scene when they get to the other reality where one of the characters notices that gay marriage is allowed in that version of Thailand. And he's like, I cannot believe that. It's not allowed in our version of Thailand. Which I'm like, that's just like a, like a, a notice. But it's like nothing stupendous. It's just like, huh, I didn't know that. But anyway... The other thing I really liked is I was watching last night and I was like, you know, this in a nutshell is why I kind of like the show because I really probably shouldn't feel this way, but I'm like, I am a lot like Talay in many ways. Not, I'm not a naggy person, so I, I'm not like Talay's character in that I nag when I'm upset or troubled. I just, I, I'm like him in his very serious nature and very... By the book. So there's this one scene where, and also in his completely kind of unromantic propensity, I'm going, you know, I have lived my whole life around people who, who get kind of starry-eyed and romantic and all this, and I'm sitting there going, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm glad for them, but I'm like, I don't really see me going starry-eyed for someone. I could be surprised, but I'm like, if I do fall for someone, it will probably be in such a way that it's like, I really like their character, or I really find them interesting, or they make me curious about life, things like that, which that is my version of Story Eye. And in the same way, I was sitting there last night watching Tele in Vice Versa, and I was like, 
I remember laughing last year when I saw it the first time because there is a scene which is humorous but yet poignant in a way because both Tule and Poon in the story are sitting there discussing love and romance. I think it was in like episode three or four, I can't remember, at, in front of a mall. And the one character says, well, haven't you ever been in a relationship or don't you have any experience with, you know, romantical things? And the other characters is like, Tule is like, no, I am single by choice. I have chosen to be single. I can focus on my work that way. It is less drama in my life. Things are smoother without romance. And the other character of Poon, who I don't mean it weird, but I really like the combination of personality with Poon and Tile because they are not the same at all, but they really do complement one another and fill in each other's, not discrepancies, but weaknesses in their lives. Because Tile is sitting there going, romance is confusing. Romance is stressful. Romance is dramatic. I don't have time for any of that. I'm going to focus on work and getting back to the other universe. And Poon is sitting there going, you know, someday, maybe, instead of being single by choice, you will be in a relationship by choice. And Poon and Tule is sitting there going, I never thought about it being a choice. And I'm going, you know, people don't think about relationships as being a choice. I mean, most people in Western culture think of relationships as you fall uncontrollably, madly, passionately in love with someone, or at least like and attracted to someone. <laughs> but you don't sit there and go, I choose this person because of these reasons. In a way, it reminds me of Aisha's song Bridges, which is in the famous scene in Shadowhunters with Magnus and Alec when um, Magnus goes back to hell. Again, <laughs> I'm like, poor Magnus, he has to go to hell way too much in that show. But anyway, it's basically about what bridges you will choose to cross, what you will choose to do. And I'm going, you know, I love that scene in a nutshell because Tule is like, I am single by choice. And Poon is like, you know, someday, maybe you will be with someone by choice. And, and Tule is like, huh, I never thought of that. And that scene made me laugh so hard. But I'm also sitting there going, you know, that is a very interesting way to look at it. Because we don't think about the choices we make when it comes to relationships. We kind of think about the choices we don't make sometimes. Because I remember like, I don't mean it bad, but people in my mom's generation would sometimes talk about their relationships. No, not everyone, but some of the people I knew. And they were like, well, you know, I used to date this person or this person or this person before I ended up with this person married. And you could tell they were sitting there going, the choices we didn't make, maybe we have some regrets on. And that is a valid concern for people. I'm going, what about if instead of looking at it as the choices you didn't make making you sad, maybe look at the choices you did make and how they make you happy, like how you're glad that person's there when you get up or when you go to bed or when you have to turn out the light because they forgot to. <laughs> I don't know. Things like that. You know, all those endearing traits, which can sometimes annoy. 
But at the end of the day, I really liked that scene in Vice Versa. But Vice Versa, to circle the wagon, is a story of about two main characters, Poon and Tillet. Both of them get transferred to an alternate reality because they have a near-death experience that switches their bodies out, their bodies and souls out, with another group of people's bodies and souls. And they travel to an alternate reality. Those other people come to their reality. The realities are strikingly similar, but there's a few differences, like Google instead of Google. Things like that. And gay marriage being legal in that version of Thailand, not being legal in the real version of Thailand. But at the end of the day, Poon and Talay are trying to figure out how to get back to their universe. And one person who is part of the Universe Travelers Association tells them that they need to find something called a port key, a person that connects them back to their universe and that they can help each other travel back. Sometimes it could be something that's like a romantic attachment or a connection to that person for some other reason that brings them back. And all of the people who travel the universes in the story travel to learn something, travel to figure something out. You never quite figure out exactly with Talay, he figures out that the reason he travels is he needs to figure out how to love someone well. That's the whole point of his journey because before he really didn't have that down much. Now, he loved his mom well, he loved his friend well, he did well on that. But I'm just saying when it came to romantic love, he wasn't good at that. At, I mean, he never had that. So it makes perfect sense he wasn't good at it. And that's why he traveled the universe to figure that out. For Poon, I'm not exactly sure why he traveled the years. I really think in many ways it was so that he could meet Talay because they had met once before at the beginning of the series because Talay came with a friend to go to like the airport to meet this famous actor Poon because um, his friend wanted to give a hat that Talay had made to the actor as like a fan gift. I guess this is a really popular thing in Thai acting circles. They have like fan clubs and then the people who are fans give these random gifts to the actors that really I'm not exactly sure what the gifts have to do with. It's like a hat that had a, a llama or alpaca on it. I'm going it was to celebrate him returning from abroad when he did a movie and I'm like I don't see the, the the significance of the alpaca or llama hat in in celebration of the returning from the movie internationally, but I'm sure there is a connection. I'm just missing it. <laughs> but anyway, so they have a brief encounter where Talay gives Poon this hat. Talay doesn't know Poon from Adam, but Poon is sitting there. He, he's got on this llama hat. He's like, the hat is cute, and so are you. And Talay's like, this is weird. And then they have another situation where in the original reality, Talay is pretending to be a dead corpse on the set because they needed an extra. And he cannot stop giggling because Poon keeps blowing on his face when he's like saying, wake up, wake up to this dead body. <laughs> and He's having trouble staying focused because it makes him laugh. And so at the end of the day, in that scene, Poon sits there and goes, it's okay. I'm going to be this close to you so you know, and this will make it so you're not 
ticklish or laughing or anything. And he takes time to just kind of sit there and go this and this and this. And I really do like that part of Poon's personality in that he he really approaches Talay where Talay can understand, can comprehend, because that is not necessarily the same level of understanding as it would be for another person, just because Talay is a bit different. Again, that's another reason I really get Talay, because there are certain things when it comes to societal interaction, because of my HFA, that I'm sitting there going, I really don't understand this. I'm trying to understand. I have lived my whole life in society. Actually not. I lived in the countryside, which not a lot of society around. So I'm like, you know, there are things that are a little confusing to me. So I do get that part of Tilay. But at the end of the day, they have these two encounters and then they meet up in the other universe. Tilay does not know that Poon is Poon because Poon just tells him he's a movie actor. He doesn't tell him which one. And Poon doesn't know until like nearly the last episodes, I think like four episodes from the end, that Tilay is Tilay from the other from the other universe. And there is a hilarious scene when Poon and Talay first meet in the alternative universe and they wake up the next morning because Talay had ended up super drunk. So Poon had helped him get home, woke up the next morning, they got breakfast and they're making jokes about what Poon's name might be. And Talay says, you know, I'm going to, if I meet you in the other universe, I'm going to call you, hey dang, that's the first thing I'll say to you. And I love how at that point it's a joke, but by the end episodes, there is this very, very poignant scene where Talay has gone back, Poon went back to the universe, their original universe first. And then for about three months, Talay couldn't go back to that universe. And he was absolutely beside himself without Poon at that point. Because they had been friends, then partners, for like literally three years in the other universe by the time it's all said and done, I think, from the time scale. So they've been together as friends or partners, whatever you want to say, for literally three years. And then Poon just disappears and Portolet is beside himself. So at the end of the day, Tilay finally makes it back to the other universe after three months of trying to figure out how in the heck to get back to the other universe. And when he does, he can't go and meet up with Poon because Poon is too famous. Poon is too high security for him to get access to. So he tries to go to like this uh, fan meet and greet about a new movie that Poon was in. And when he he's there, he can see Poon, but he can't be anywhere near him. And he literally leaves before the end of the meeting, at which if he had stayed, he would have heard Poon say that Poon had had a situation in which he had been parted from his um, partner. And so he is, he is feeling sad, but he's not in relationship with the lead actress. Because when Talay sees Poon and the lead actress together, he's like, maybe... Poon is with her instead of wanting to be with me. And I'm like, Talay, it's only been three months. You were together with Poon for three years. I don't think the dude's going to just forget you that quickly. I mean, you know that people have short attention spans sometimes, but we are talking about Poon. So anyway, he then goes to the glass house 
cafe, which he finds in that universe, and it was in the in the alternate universe, where when they originally started to consider being a couple, they had met in that glass house. Well, when they are in the, I think it's episode 11? I don't know. I think it's 11. When they are in the glass house, Poon comes in and Talay says, hey dang. <laughs> and then they know that they are both back in their original selves in the in the original universe. But the thing that I have been thinking about, I'm like, you know, did I, did I like this series less the second time I've watched it? And I'm like, no, I really feel the same way about the series as when I first watched it, because it is, it is emblematic of how people think and feel in our modern society. We have this situation where we have people that are kind of romantic and we have other people who are extremely, extremely serious and don't have any time for romance at all. And it's kind of interesting to see those two personalities play off each other and also to see how they better one another in that process. It's like at the very last episode, there is a really delightful scene where Poon and Talay are standing or are sitting there looking at this lake that was in the other reality and is in their reality that they were previously in too. And and they're basically giving back and forth Ty BL drama um, quotes from like the last decade. And one of them was like, if, if you're not too long, I'll give you my heart. And, and Tilly's like, that's just silly. And Poon's very crestfallen and feeling bad. And he's like, I gave you my heart a long time ago, you dumbass. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> that is funny because I'm like, that is Poon and Tilly. And so Poon is sitting there going overthinking it to the nth degree. And at the same time, Tilly is sitting there trying to have a joke. And then the next scene, it will be the reverse where Tilly is overthinking something to the nth degree. And Poon is making a joke. And they really balance each other out very, very well. Also, at the very end of this whole drama, if you watch past the last credits, there is a scene where... Poon proposes to Tulay, so they are going to get married. I'm not sure how that works in Thailand. I think from what I understand, they have to go to like Taiwan or another country to get married, and then it is not recognized by the Thai government. But still, it's a lovely scene. I really like that because of the the potato chip engagement. I'm like, that that was cute with the lay and the Tulay. Yeah, because mm -hmm. Tulay means sea in Thai, and Tilay is always eating lay potato chips. <laughs> so they incorporated that into the engagement. Also, this is one of the few Thai BL dramas that I think has any kind of engagement. I think the other one that I have seen is Our Sky 2, the Bad Buddy 1000 Star continuation for episode one that has an engagement as well in it. But those are the only two that immediately come to mind with an engagement. Most just have like them saying they're going to live together forever, but no engagement. So I thought that was a nice touch, even though I know that Thailand does not have any um, legal marriage recognition for same-sex couples. Because I'm hoping that maybe for those of them who would like that someday, that this 
this kind of promotion in the media would lead to that because it's very difficult in Thailand if you're a same-sex couple you cannot be married legally I think it's it's almost impossible to adopt as well and it's very difficult for healthcare considerations for the couple to handle that if something should go wrong with one of the partners. So I'm glad they're putting that into the dramas. But that is my review of Vice Versa so far. I know that's a round the, the, the page thing, but I do have to say after watching it a second time around, and I know I haven't completed it yet. I will do another podcast once I've completed it. But I'm still very impressed with this series. Also, both Jimmy and C, the actors, did an excellent job at portraying those two characters very, very well. Now, the only thing I wish they would have maybe toned down a bit in the drama is two things, actually. One, actually three things, three things I wish they would have toned down in this drama, three things. The first is I like the character of Tillet because he is very understandable and relatable for me to kind of figure out as a viewer. I think it's just the way my mind works. For other people, it might not be that way. And the other thing I like is we do have a demisexual character in this series through Talay, kind of like in Bad Buddy when we have a demisexual character with the character of Pran. Now, they don't come out and say, oh, I'm demisexual, because you really don't need to know this. I'm like, Pran and Bad Buddy just likes Patch. He's always liked Pat. He always will like Pat. End of story is Pat. Same thing with Tilly. It's like Tilly is not interested in romance at all. He's not interested in relationships at all. Then he meets Poon and he's like, you know, maybe I should reconsider and be together by choice instead of single by choice. And that's how we know he's like a demisexual. Like he really doesn't, you know, go off and consider anyone else. It's just like it's Poon or no one else. So that's kind of interesting. But the one thing that I do not like about Tilly's character is he can be a bit nagging at times. I really don't like how in Thai dramas they usually have one of the couple characters be naggy. Like in this series we had Tilly be a little naggy. In, I think it's 1000 Stars, we have uh, Tien be a little naggy. I'm going, why do we have to have a naggy person in the couple? Why can't both of them just be nice and unnaggy for the duration of the show? I'm going, we don't need to have nagging. Nagging doesn't serve any purpose. It just makes the person who nags more cranky and it makes the people around them really, really worn down and tired and exhausted and not wanting to be around that person. So I'm like, you know, we didn't need to put that in. The other thing that I wish we didn't have in the vice versa, because it just makes the story a little, it adds a level of conflict and I do not like conflict <laughs> in trauma or in life, but the part of the story, I think it's in like episode three, four, and five, where Poon is really starting to like uh, Talay, but he doesn't tell him that he likes him. Instead, he says, I'm using this romance angle and you as the subject of it to help me be a better screenwriter. I'm like, and that just makes Talay, for obvious reasons, hacked off. Because Talay's like, you shouldn't be using anyone for your romantic screenwriting abilities, and I don't like feeling used. And I'm like, you know, 
as an observer stepping back from that, as a viewer, I'm like, number one, I don't think Poon meant to take advantage of Talay in any way. However, number two, Poon has no clue about how to flirt with anyone. And when it comes to Talay, he's really not good at gauging the situation and what Talay is comfortable with and what Talay is not comfortable with when it comes to interactions because Talay's sitting there going, I don't know how to judge this person. I don't know if they're being serious. I don't know if they're being funny. I don't know if they're thinking I'm a joke. And it really does hack off Talay. And I'm going, you know, there's a scene where Talay is at college and Poon comes and puts a heart with Talay in it on the window using a forklift thingy. I don't know. Scissorless, scissor lift. And I was watching that scene today and I was going, he hit Talay's line. And what I mean by that is I was having a conversation with a friend recently and they were like, you know, Anna, you're usually very calm, very placid, very, very to most people, nice in general. I mean, I don't really get cranky to most people at all. However, there are a few rare times in my life when I'm like, I will be going along very placidly, very calmly, very whatever. And someone comes and does something. I'm not saying no one's ever painted a heart on a wall and put any name on it. But I'm like, it's one of those things that I'm like, you know, they did X. And that was my line. And I'm sitting there and going, you did X. X is not good. X in my universe means a wall goes up and I am upset and troubled and I am trying to be nice about it, but it is not a good thing. <laughs> and then people are like, Anna's a little twitchy. Anna doesn't get twitchy. What in the world's wrong with Anna? <laughs> but the thing is, we all have lines. Some of us have more obvious lines. Others of us have lines is like, we rarely have those ever crossed. And so when it does get crossed, everyone's like, we can't believe we hit the line. And for me, that's my thing. It's like, I don't have that many lines, but what lines I do have, it's like when somebody hits it, which is like maybe once in literally a blue moon, it goes, beep, you hit the line. This is not a good plan. <laughs> in the same way, I was watching Talay with the scissor list incident and I was going, Poon hit that line. Poon did not realize that he hit that line until he hit it. And then he's sitting there going, darn, I hit that line. And when you hit a line with someone, whether it's Anna, whether it's Talay, whether it's the random citizen, the best thing to do is to probably give that person adequate space and then to sit there and go, you know, not necessarily apologize for hitting the line, because honestly, sometimes lines can be hit and it's not something you need to apologize for. It's just an observation that your line and their line did not mesh well, and there's nothing to be sorry about, but there is a big misunderstanding, at least. And sitting there and calmly going, you know, you see this this way, I see this this way. Is there a way that we can calmly discuss this? Because usually people do not have like a great desire to tip people over the line. Like with Poon in the scene, I'm going, he did not mean to tip Talay over the line to make Talay kind of lose it, to make Talay go, you should only be being romantical towards someone you are serious with because romance is not a joke. And Poon 
parents sitting there going, I don't know anything about romance. I don't know anything about love. How do I know whether it's a joke or not? <laughs> so you have this balance and miscommunication issue. And I'm going, that also is another reason I like this show because I'm like, that happens in real life. Not with scissor lifts and not with painting parts on college windows. That would get you in major trouble in most universes, I would think. But at the end of the day, even though, like, Tilay can be cranky, which I don't like, and Poon that, um, not cranky, Tilay can be naggy. And the second thing is Poon can be trying to make a joke in order to kind of gauge how it is for him to interact with Tilay. I really think that's the main thing is Poon doesn't want to go right up and go, I really like you, Tilay, but I know you have this big problem with being in a relationship and have been single by choice for your entire life. So how can we adjust that? Instead, he just decides to just try to make a joke out of it and Tilay's not having any of it. So that's a that's a problem that Anna doesn't like because I'm going, he should have just been honest with him. It might have been uncomfortable for both of them, but it would have been better in the long run because it would have made it far less confusing and they could have progressed in their relationship a lot smoother and more quickly if they had had that combo. But anyway, the third thing that I do not really like about this series, and again, it's it's a minor thing, but there is a lot of slapstick comedy throughout. It's just one of those things that happens in Thai dramas where they, they make things more kind of exaggerated than they would be in real life. I think it's a way to kind of add levity to certain situations that could be seen as kind of difficult, but I still don't really like slapstick, but I'm I'm willing to put up with it because I do like the storyline of this series. And overall, I would give it a 9 out of 10. I would probably give it a 10 out of 10, <laughs> but this is one of the beyond dramas that I like but that I would not watch in entirety with the kitties because of the large bathtub scenes. I'm just saying, there's only like three of them in the thing, and there's nothing that goes on in them that is like in, inappropriate in the extreme, but I just wish we didn't have the bathtub scenes. I mean, no offense, I'm like, that. that's just the one thing that I... I think they were trying to make it kind of a more adultish version of Bad Buddy. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it's the same as Bad Buddy at all, but kind of like the same kind of characterizations because in a way Pat and Pran are a lot like Poon and Talay. Not exactly. Poon is more romantic and less outgoing than Pran or than Pat. And Pran is more well, both Pran and Talay are very, very similar in personality, I think. But anyway, and they're both demisexuals too. But not that that has anything to do with personality. I'm saying they're both very similar in character and sexual orientation. So, but I do kind of wish that we didn't have the slapstick comedy. But it's not. At, no, 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 I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. It's late at night, my time, and I'm a little, I'm a little tired. But what I'm saying is, I do wish we didn't have the the bathtub scenes because I think that it'd be nice to be able to watch this whole thing in entirety with the kitties. And because of those, I don't feel comfortable watching that with the kitties. I'm just like, you know, if they were 12, 13, uh, maybe, but probably not. I probably watch that with them when they're like 15 to 18. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, the rest of it, 
I'm like, it's entirely G-rated. I mean, really, everything else you could watch with the kiddies. But that I wouldn't do. The other thing, for those of you who have not seen Our Sky 2, you can watch Vice Versa and Our Sky 2 as well as Bad Buddy, all of those series with English subtitles on the Rick Orange channel on YouTube. But the Our Sky 2 has a couple of episodes dedicated to Vice Versa, as well as four episodes dedicated to 1000 stars and bad buddy as like sequels i really liked what i have seen now again last year was a hectic year getting ready to do stuff and this year has also been hectic so i have not watched the entirety i did watch the end of both those episodes but i really did like what they were doing with the vice versa sequel and i really liked what they were doing with some of the bad buddy sequel i'm hoping this week because i'm off classes for a little while i'm like i think i'll have time to catch up our sky i'm like yay but anyway you can watch all those on the Rick Orange channel. I don't know who Rick Orange is, but I'm so appreciative that they put all the Thai drama playlists together in a nice orderly fashion. It's much better than the GMM TV ones because sometimes those are not in linear order. I don't know why. Check it at the round table. Bye.